0: Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt king Wassenar. I'm the Editor-in-Chief for Imperial Esports. And this time it is the Week 1 Guess the Lines Preview Podcast. We love doing these. We love being able to break down week by week how we think these teams are going to go and throwing in a little bit of gambling flair for those of you out there who love doing that kind of thing. Uh, and I am joined on the other line by my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man?
1: Uh, I am. I am so ready. To do this podcast because it means that we are just a few short days away from the beginning of the LCS, and and I've kind of gotten like I'm having like withdrawal symptoms. Like I've been <laughs> like sitting up late at night, like in a terror, and just like start scratching my arm. It's like the uh, it's like the Dave Chappelle meme. Like you got any more of those games? Like I am I am full blown ready to get into some LCS action. Like yeah. straight up.
0: It, it's been long enough. By the time people are listening to this, it'll be a day before the LCS starts. I cannot wait to see if any of our predictions, uh, which have been paying attention to our preview podcast we've been doing. We went team by team throughout all of Europe. We did our European power rankings on Slingshot Esports, which you should totally check out as well. We have been doing so much preview stuff, and I'm tired of previews. I want games. Let's get to games. And we start with the first game, which is obviously the rematch of the Summer Finals. It is Fnatic versus Orihen. Walter, how excited are you for this to be the first game that starts our LCS
1: season? Well, I'm, I'm excited because we get to see the, 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 the changes that Fnatic made and get to see if they're going to come out swinging like they did last year when they, when they replaced their top lane in and Jungler and, uh, and, and you know, created this entire team around Yellowstar, essentially. But now Yellow Star's gone. The two Koreans that they brought in last year, and Rainover and Huni, are gone. Mm-hmm. And now we get to see if we're going into the next era of the of the Fnatic story with Reckless and Fabiven, and if they can do what Yellow Star accomplished last year and get Gamsu and 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 Spirit and Noxiac to you know mesh into the Fnatic system, and, and Daylor is is going to have this team ready. uh, And Orion, on the other side, didn't make a ton of changes. Again, very successful uh, summer split going into the World Championship and being a semi-finalist at the World Championship. Uh, My curiosity is, are we going to see Peke, or are we going to see Power of Evil? Because I think if we see Power of Evil right out of the gate, I don't think we see Peke at all this split.
0: That's very fair. It's going to be interesting to see how they exactly want to manage it. Honestly, to me, it feels like ex-Peke should just do the player-coach thing. He's so good at you know, leading these guys, and you know he was the one who was able to get them all to follow him to Orihan. When most of these guys had LCS jobs that they could have taken, he's like, no, 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 play in Challenger with me. I will take care of you. And they all had enough faith in him to take that leap. Power of Evil obviously has enough faith in him to go there over any of the other organizations that I'm sure would have offered him. Uh, a lot of different wonderful things, especially over in North America, where they're just loving throwing money at European (laughs) midlaners. But this is the system. And it's two systems that I think, you know, we saw where they stand right now at the IEM events. IEM San Jose, Orihan just blew through. It was was like no one else was even there. You didn't even have to show up. Orihan was just going to win that tournament, and they played like it. Whereas Fnatic, you can tell there are still some growing pains. There was that... Baron call, when you know Gu had gone for it, it was very clear there was a terrible call, they back off and Fanatics like, hey, they had this terrible idea. Why don't we have this terrible idea as well? And I think that's the kind of thing that you figure out when you've got more experience together. But man, is Ori had
1: a tough trial by fire for the first. You day. you have been stuck on this Baron call since it happened. It was like, terrible. I remember, you, I remember you messaging me like when it happens, and and you're like, "Yo, Star never would have made this call." And literally every time you could bring it up, you
0: bring it up. <laughs> It's because it's the perfect example to me of what growing pains are. Like, look, Reckless is really good. We know he's really good. He got caught out a couple times in the bot lane when he shouldn't have because he was split-pushing a little bit too far without the warding there. But that is that is a mental issue. That's being on a big stage, not having the support that you're used to, and just kind of being like, oh, right, I don't have this vision. Crap. Got to figure something else out and then trying to make up for it. I believe that's that's a fixable issue. Uh, I believe that Fabiven played very well in that tournament. I think Spirit got zoned in on this Nidalee pick because the rivalry between he and Swift has always been that way. So everything else about that tournament, I chalk up to specifically, this is that tournament. This was the first time these guys played together. But that Baron call is a completely different kind of problem. That is a fundamental, what should we do? This is our instinct and the instinct was very wrong. It was Dignitas style of wrong. Mm. And that's a harder problem to fix, because that requires getting people to think about the game in a different way, and understand not only that they shouldn't make that Baron call, but why they shouldn't. Because if you just say, that's a bad Baron call, okay, that's one thing. But then what, are they going to be hesitant to go for another Baron that might be a better call? That's not better. Mm You know, you they need to understand why that was bad. And before they had Yellowstar explaining that. Now it's up to Daylor to get it in their heads and have them understand why the calls that Yellowstar made were the calls that he made. And I just think that takes more time. And that's why I point to that mistake over all the other mistakes. Because the other mistakes are are mechanical or, or jitters or whatever. That is a fundamental they need to learn how to view the game in a different way because the guy who used to view the game that way for them isn't there anymore. Yeah. that's why I bring that call up so much.
1: No, no, no. I, and I I just say that that this is a very like important. It's a very important point, and you the, the fact that you constantly bring it up it makes it even that more important. So when it comes down to it, though, I think in this series in particular, I think it comes down to the consistency that that, that Orion has had. Uh, going through the, the offseason. Granted, they made a change. Like, every team in the West made a change of some kind. I think maybe every team in the world made a change of some kind. I, I'd almost go that far. Mm-hmm. And the the difference, though, is that it's not such a huge fundamental change. Yeah, sure, Power of Evil has a little bit different play style than than, than Peke and plays a few different champions, and his champion pool is definitely wider, and he's not as good in the laning phase in particular. But Fnatic has changed absolutely so much that I think to expect the same Fnatic that we saw last year, or even at the end of last year when they had some struggles, might be a little bit of a stretch.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's going to take some time. Anytime you make any sort of significant change, it's going to take some time to adjust. I am of the opinion that the kinds of things that stayed solid in Orihen are a little bit more solid on just a fundamental shot-calling strategic level than Mm -hmm. the things that have fundamentally changed about Fnatic. But the fun thing about these being best of ones, other than that it's the worst format ever of all time as far as actually (laughs) judging how good these teams are, is that, you know, for all we know, Spirit just has one crazy Spirit game and none of what we've said matters. Like That is totally in play at any point in time, which is why
1: I have to ask you, Walter, where do you think the line is? So, I think at the end of the day, like I said, I think Orion has an advantage because they made fewer changes and less impactful changes uh, across the board. So, I am going to say that it, the line is Orion minus 175.
0: Oh, you're a jerk. You're an absolute jerk. I said minus 180, it's minus 164. I don't know how you sniped me like that.
1: For that uh... Minus 164, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's look, and I think these teams are close. I think Fnatic is going to, you know, especially in best-of-one formats, all you need is a great Spirit game, a great Forbiven game, a great Reckless game. I think that even if the shot-calling isn't quite there yet, there's always that risk, and you have to take that into account when looking at best-of-ones versus a full series. Now, going from that, we immediately go to Elements versus Gamers (laughs) 2. Slight drop-off, slight drop-off. No, you think? I <laughs> um, well, so, think? You know, when we put, released our Slingshot article, one of the things that people were really surprised about is how much we liked G2 Esports um, and disliked teams like Elements. So when you look at this matchup, what is it you see in, in, you know, when you go head-to-head? Does, does the head-to-head kind of explain where we were coming from on that in a good way, you think? So the head to head
1: for me here is that I think uh I think G two has a lot higher higher ceiling in general. I think that their players are are have higher talent levels across the board. So I think Emperor will be can be a better eighty carry than Mr. Raleigh's. Uh I think that you know, Steve is not going to be as good a top laner as Kikis is. And Kikis is kind of the more interesting aspect of it because he was such an efficient jungler. And while we were doing research for all the preview podcasts, we actually learned he started out as a top laner, which I thought was kind of fascinating. But he he was very innovative when he was on the Unicorns of Love. He was willing to pull out all these crazy junglers. Let's not forget, Unicorns of Love made their staple, established themselves by playing that, Really off meta jungle twisted fate, and then he played things like Udir, he played things like Shaco. He really reminded me of like season two Diamond procs where Diamond was constantly pulling out all these weird tricks at major tournaments and, and all these, you know, wonderful things. Uh, I think Trick is is probably on par with Gilius. That might be the one place that, that Elements has any sort of advantage when you look at like the player talent levels and where they could end up. Gilius has in the past absolutely shown that he can, he can play with the big boys, but he's also shown at times that he's, he's absolutely worthless. He absolutely can't do anything at all. And Trick has done more of the same where he's shown that he can't really play on a professional level. And he was, you know, in Korea and the difference is that Trick hasn't shown that he can just take over a game the way that I've seen Gilius do a couple of times. So when you look at that, the, the higher talent ceiling on G2 makes me think that there'll be a better team at, you know, at the end of the split, and I think that just because Emperor can be so aggressive and make these kind of crazy plays that we've seen him do, uh, that we saw him do in, on TDK last year, I think that gives them an advantage in this, uh, in this matchup in particular.
0: Yeah, this is one of those teams when you look at Elements that can really be punished for being out of position. Because honestly, all of these guys that we're looking at, Steve, uh, was one of the worst top laners in terms of deaths last split. Uh, Sprattle, also known as Promise Q, was horrendous during his time as a starter at Elements last year. Gilius has had some problems being caught out of position. Uh, Ica hasn't played in like six months, so I'm not sure If he's ready to take on a guy like Perks, who was just so dominant in the laning phase during the chiz time in the challenger scene. And, you know, I'm a little bit higher on Trick than you are. I think he's fine. He was actually a part of the team that got the 2-1 victory over SK Telecom. So it's not that he's a detriment, per se, as he is just not interesting. I think a lot of things have to go right for Elements to win some of these games. And it would start in the bot lane, but I don't think that... Emperor is the kind of botlaner that Mr. Rawlins matches up with.
1: All that said, Walter, where do you think the line is? So, at the end of the day, that, you warned me that Unicorn is a little silly with some of these odds. So this is one of them that I'm worried they might be a little silly, but I'm still going to go with my gut of what I think it should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say G2 minus 200. Okay, you're going to get this one. I knew, I
0: knew I'd lost this one when I put it in, by the way. Okay.
1: I, thought, I said G2
0: minus 220. Because I think this Elements team is terrible. Yes. It is Elements minus 143. Oh, yeah. Buy your G2 stock early, folks. It's on sale now. We're going to go through some prop bets at the end of this. If you believe in anything we just said about G2, buy your stock today. Oh, God. It is available for some extravagant
1: prices. Oh, God. So I, I, have a que- I have a question to ask you. Did you do all your, all your predictions blind and then check them, or did you do one by one by one? I went all of my predictions entirely blind, as I always okay. do. because I never, okay. never want to get a sense of,
0: of trends or anything before, uh, before I go through. So, I am, so so you actually get an advantage when doing this because you now know this craziness and can adjust accordingly. I'm kind of locked
1: in. Uh, I, I, I have my predictions locked in. I'm not going to change them. I did okay. all my predictions for this podcast. I did them all ahead of time. Yeah, so. it's uh, it, it,
0: this is the danger, right? We never know how things like the casinos are going to value these teams. Uh, But here are some teams we think maybe the casinos probably do have a good sense of valuing. Uh, H2K versus Giants, Game 3 on Thursday. H2K, obviously, had a lot of high-profile changes this offseason. Did relatively well at IEM Cologne Giants snuck into the playoffs didn't really do much at either playoffs or regionals have made a couple changes of their own that have some interesting dynamics to them. Walter where do you see the most interesting matchup in this particular game?
1: I think it comes down to uh, the the, I want to say jungle position but I don't I don't think Q can handle Yankos this early, so I'm going to say it's probably uh, the support position. I'll say support. Interesting. Godfred and Vander. I, I'm really high on Godfred. I thought Godfred was was a, a very good uh, support when they brought him in. It was the summer split, mm-hmm. and he plays really well on like the skill shot, uh, the the, the skill shot support champions. So your Threshes, mm-hmm. your Morganas, the ones where you're using Q and you're shooting out in the line. And, and, like, he was a pretty good Braun player. And that's sort of how Vander is. He's a very good Morgana. He's an amazing Thresh player. So I can't wait to see kind of the interactions between the two of them. Because they're fairly lane-centric. So they try to dominate the laning phase. And Vander obviously has a huge advantage by having forgiven as his AD carry as opposed to uh, Adra. Uh, but there's been some rumblings going on that Ezreal is actually kind of a good AD carry right now. And Adre was 3-0 with Ezreal last year. So, who knows? I think the thing that people need to
0: remember about Adre is, even when he was losing games and dying all the time, his damage output was still incredible. He was among the top two, if I remember correctly, in damage per minute uh, as an AD carry. The guy struggled to get kills later on in the split, but that was more the nature of what was going on within the team itself, and less about Adre. This bot lane could be an absolute bloodbath if Godfrey's playing at the top of his game. I, on the other hand, I I gotta say, I'm interested in Expepe versus Ryu in the mid lane. Because Expepe, this is the split where he really needs to take a step forward. And Ryu is the kind of mid laner where Ryu's a good mid laner. If you can beat Ryu, we're gonna start saying some nice things about you. But at the same time, he needs to beat Ryu. And has his champion pool expanded enough that he's going to be able to do well in this meta? Is he going to be able to outplay someone who is you know, relatively safe, relatively consistent, doesn't tend to make a lot of mental mistakes that are easy to capitalize on? This is the kind of matchup where if X pepe won this matchup, I would feel very good about Giants outperforming where we ranked them. Whereas if Ryu just stomps him, I'm very concerned for the Giants season. I think we'll learn a lot about where Giants is relative to the rest of the league from that matchup alone, because Giants just, as a general rule, of relied so much on Xpepi to be that guy for them. But Walter, where do you think the line is for this game?
1: So, I've argued that H2K is arguably the best, or you know, second best, if not maybe the best team uh, in Europe. Uh, I think Orient has a slight edge on them towards the beginning just because h2k needs to figure out how to make all their pieces work and giants i don't think are going to be very good so i have the line h2k minus 250
0: okay i get this one okay you went a little too low okay by a little too low i mean 200 points too low i said minus 400 is minus 455 no respect for giants fans here none none whatsoever and, and I'm not going to blame them because I think H2K is going to win this game pretty hard. I just, especially when you look at you know, the matchups we didn't mention. It's Oduwamne versus Adam. And it's Yankos versus Koo. <laughs> Those don't tend to go well. Just historically, oh, I think really. I know what side I'm taking here. So yeah. I get it. I thought it was very high for the first week. Usually they like to keep them a bit closer. I think it says more about what they think about Giants than it does about H2K.
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting. Or maybe I'm just saying that to throw you off your next (laughs) guess. (laughs) Anyway, Splice versus Unicorns of Love. Splice is another team people were surprised we were so high on. Obviously, they are a newer team. They uh, have just made their way from being Dignitas EU into the LCS, uh, bringing along some trashiness along the way. (laughs) And then you have the Unicorns of Love who got themselves a brand new diamond to show off to all of their friends at home. Oh God, please don't freak on me. As well as Fox and Steelback, which I would say is a downgrade and mild upgrade, respectively. Walter, when you look at the matchup here, what are you most
1: excited to see from either of these teams? So... Oh, from either of these teams, I guess I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick Splice because obviously, unicorns of love. I just love Diamond Prox, and I want to see him be successful. And that's anytime I see him play, I'm always rooting for him to succeed. But I think Splice being the only uh, national, all in one nation team, and they're all they're all Danish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting. I think it gives them a little bit of an advantage in terms of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also one of the only t- you know other than Orien, they're the only team that only made one change to their 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 sh- lineup mm-hmm. and that was Trashy. Mm-hmm. And I think Trashy was an upgrade is an upgrade over obvious. Trashy was playing on a pretty terrible enemy roster. He his bot lane just couldn't get out of their own way. And Flares had in the top lane had some some peaks, but had a lot of really low valleys. Mm-hmm. I think Senkux is a better mid laner than Inox, and Trashy spent a lot of time camping for Inox and getting him ahead. So on a much stronger on a much stronger roster, in my opinion, I think he's going to be able to take some of the weight off of himself, which means he's going to be making better decisions. He's not going to be forcing a lot of plays like he did on enemy. And that'll help him with the stats and honestly help with the success of his team.
0: Yeah, no, I think that synergy between Trashy and Senkux is the thing I'm watching as well. Mostly because I want to see if Senkux can live up to the hype that people like you and I and people within the challenger scene have kind of placed upon him here. You know, that's the the risk when you look at the LCS. We don't need to look anywhere outside of his opponent in this lane, Fox. Fox was a guy that we were talking about in the same breath that we were talking about for Biven, that we were talking about Power of Evil. It was going to be those three. Oh, and Nukeduck. We had four guys that we were really talking about, like these guys are going to come in and change the way we view the mid lane. And with Nukeduck, it was because he was a veteran that we'd liked from Ninjas in Pajamas. But with the rest of them, it was this young talent that we were sure was going to take this leap and become this new wave of mid laners. And for two of those three guys, it was true. But for Fox, it never seemed to quite come together. And second split, it's hard to blame him. Didn't have a lot of talent around, and once Forgiven left. But it's not like he was taking advantage of the kind of plays Forgiven was making when Forgiven was around. The playoffs were an abysmal time for Fox, and he's never really recovered. And Senkux life gets a lot easier if he gets his jitters out of the way early and performs on a high level in this particular game. There certainly there are a lot of veterans that are going to try to throw him off on the Unicorns of Love. Diamond is definitely going to try to throw him off. I think Vizisachi could maybe lock Wonderwear down given how good of a laner he is. So the eyes are going to be on Senkux. And if he can step up, this is going to be a great year for Splice. If he stumbles they're going to need to figure out how to get him to where they need him to be. Because so much of this team relies upon him being able to take that leap. Walter, all of this being taken into account, where do you think the line is for this game? So,
1: because you sort of warned me that Unicorn is a little little funky, I think Splice win this game, but I think the odds right now are Unicorns of Love minus 130. Okay, I get this one. You were correct
0: that they went funky this game. You just underestimated how funky. I said Unicorns of Love minus 150 because I'm like, well, Unicorns of Love have been here. They've got Diamond. They've got whatever. People don't know who Splice are. The gambling odds are going to change accordingly. Okay. Minus 213! You can get Splice at plus 160 right now! And I recommend doing that, people at home listening to this podcast. Plus 160 is insane for for this team. I I, I mean, I, I... Maybe not insane. I get where the casinos are coming from, but I think there's a lot of value. Are you willing to make that one of our smart bets of the week?
1: Uh, along I, with, I, I'm, I'm thinking so.
0: Along with G two plus one ten over eleven. I'm, I'm
1: thinking so, but there there might be another silly silly one or two coming up.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. We should really go through all of these first. So we end day one with Vitality versus Rocket. Vitality, obviously, uh, one of those. Almost super teams that was assembled this offseason in Europe. Five guys that have never played together before. They kept the H2K bot lane. They grabbed Nukeduck from Rockat. They get Shook from the Copenhagen Wolves and Cabochard from the Gambit team that they bought this spot from. Uh, on the other hand, you have Rockat who is left with Freddy, Airwalks, Betsy, Saphir, and Edward.
1: (laughs) You could not be more deflated. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you're all excited about Team Vitality, and then you're just like, Freddy, Airwalks, Betsy, Saphir, Edward.
0: Here's what I'll say, though. (laughs) Rocket saw my reaction to this team when we did our podcast. They listened to the whole thing, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. They made references to it, so I know they listened to the whole thing. Uh, And they read our article, and they promised me that they are gonna be the nobody believes in this team this split. Everyone's got a chip on their shoulder. They're playing hard to prove people wrong. They want to show people like you and I that we're wrong about this team and I want to believe them. Walter, why should I not believe them?
1: Uh because Freddy 122 was a walking corpse last year and Edward wasn't much better.
0: You're no- two veteran
1: <laughs> you're two strong veterans that are supposed to like help these younger players, and granted, the only rookie on the team is Safir, the AD Carry, but he has some experience in the Challenger League from his time on Gamers 2 and with Renegades' last split. And Betsy has played on Gambit for about a split and a half. And Airwalks, I I think I put it this way, he's always the jungler that if you desperately need a jungler, you call Airwalks. Mm -hmm. So they're not totally inexperienced, but they're still younger players. They don't have a ton of games underneath their belt. When you compare them to Edward, who's been a mainstay in Europe since Season 2, and Freddy, who's been around since at least Season 3. Yeah. So, when your two veterans are your biggest liabilities, that's that says something. And it just it makes me hard to trust them when they played so terribly last year. That being said, the three younger guys, I'm kind of excited about. Yeah, Airwalk's... Mm, He's been iffy on his time. He's he's done you know picks that I absolutely love, like Jungle Yorick. That just I can't wait to see if he ever does it again because it just makes me beam inside because I like playing Jungle Yorick. And then Betsy and so- and Safir. Safir is a completely complete rookie in terms of the LCS. So anywhere he he starts, he can go up. He can build on you know on the season. And Betsy, he really struggled with Gambit last year, but. I almost think that some of his struggles were because the rest of the team was struggling around him. Diamond wasn't playing very well. Uh, the, the bot lane wasn't very good. Uh, you know, Forgiven had some moments on that team, but they weren't, weren't very strong because he was dragging Edward around and trying to carry Edward. And Edward just didn't seem like his, his typical self last year. So I'm a little bit higher on Betsy than I am on someone like Fox. I think Betsy might surprise us. And if these three younger players can, you know, take a step forward and, and improve, Rocket might be able to snipe some games here and there. But I don't think I can trust them, like, long-term to say they, you know, they, they might sneak into the playoffs, but I just am not sure about it.
0: I think that this is not the game where we learn whether Rockat Can pull off this chip on our shoulder, underdog story kind of game. Unlike some of these other games where I feel like we can learn a lot about these teams, this is a game that's just such a mismatch to me on a strategic level. So you've got Freddy122, he likes to, you know, stay in his lane, do some utility stuff later in the game, but in the early game, he tends to, you know, focus on, on really being a presence. He's going up against Cabochard. Cabochard does everything Freddy122 does, but better. Uh, Airwalks has been kind of feast or famine at times. There's a reason Unicorns of Love did not turn to him, despite him being a sub on that roster when Kickus left. Shook, when he feasts, his feasts are greater. That's just, the the potential there is big. Duck does a lot of Betsy kind of things, but more consistently. And Hjarnin and Kazing are the kind of bot lane that has this synergy, this ability to really pick on guys that are out of position. And no one was out of position in the bot lane last split more than Edward. And that puts way too much burden on one guy to be the carry, who, by the way, Vitality knows who the carry is in this game, if they're going to win this game. So for me, this is less of... This is not going to be the damning piece of evidence that decides whether or not Rockat could sneak some wins and, and do some interesting things later on. I think this is the game that will tell us whether Vitality can take care of business against a team that, top to bottom, they should be better than. And given that reading, Walter, where do you think the gambling line is for this? Uh, I have Vitality at minus 170. Okay, I got this one as well. I said minus 220. It is minus 227. I think it's a little high. I, see, I think that I, it's... I mean I put it at minus two twenty, so I thought that was fair. I don't think I think Vitality is really good. I just think Vitality has top to bottom some really great players. I guess if you were gonna say it's too high, you say that Shook is the kind of wild card that you don't want to give that many points to until we see what version of Shook showing up. So right?
1: the, the the problem here is that if Rocket can make the game team fight centered. I think they have an advantage because Cabochard is not a very good team fighter. Mm-hmm. So the 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 object of the game is to try and neutralize Cabochard's efficient uh, efficiency as a split pusher by either ignoring him and just fighting 5v4 or you camp him until the point that Freddy can just 1v1 him.
0: I, I see what you're saying. I just I think Jarnin is a very good team fighter.
1: Fair enough. And I think Fair that
0: you know, if they get a lane advantage in two of those three, which I think they will, um, it's going to be very hard for team fights to go their way, even if they do have that 5v4 with Cabochard teleporting in. But we'll see. Uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting day one. We're already on day two lines, Walter. I, it's, it's, I, I'm just so excited about games. I really am. You <laughs> can tell in my voice. I just, like, we get to talk about more. There's a whole other day, Walter. It's great. Uh, Giants versus the Unicorns of Love on day two Walter, we already talked a little bit about each of these teams, so I'm just going to ask you, what matchup do you think is going to stand out in this
1: particular series that might decide who takes this one home? So, th- this game, I will say, it, it, it's ku versus Diamond Prox. ku was, was, last year, was arguably a very strong talent, uh, especially with his days on Cloud9 Eclipse, and he kind of disappeared for a while. There are some... Rumors that he was super super toxic and people didn't want to play with him. He sort of showed up in North America on uh, on Vortex, mm-hmm. and it it just seemed like he had been hyped up as a challenger player, and everyone thought he was going to make a break into the LCS, and then he just never did. Mm-hmm. And now he finally gets to, and one of his first matchups is against a, a legendary, legendary European jungler who Koo admitted to when he was a cha- you know when he was on Cloud Nine Eclipse that, that he wanted to mold his playstyle around Diamond Procs. This super aggressive, you know, in-your-face, you know, flashing over walls and Lee Sin kicking people and nailing insects and all this crazy stuff. Now he gets to play against this guy. So, I think this is a, a really good test for Koo to see if he can match up against, uh, against the, you know, a, a middle-tier jungler in Europe and see if he can kind of uh, establish himself as not just this talked-about talent that disappeared for a year, but actually a competitive player in the LCS. Yeah.
0: And as far as rumors about his toxicity goes, it's literally the first words he said on Giants Gaming. They did a little video. He said, hi, I'm Koo, and I'm toxic. So maybe rumors we can kind of put to the wayside. <laughs> but it's... I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, as much as I'd love to say it's XPeppy versus Fox, I think Fox plays safely enough that, you know, XPeppy is going to be you know, they're both going to be fine going into the mid to late game. But Ku is the guy who needs to turn one of these lanes into an advantage. Uh Vizisachi is a very good laner, and Adam might need some help. We have no idea really where Adam's level is. We know that he was on a challenger team that wasn't particularly great, so I'm not incredibly confident. But maybe Ku can fix that. Maybe ku can can gank that lane and throw Vizisachi off. Or maybe he helps pick on Fox and gets Peppy going. Or maybe... He throws off Steelback and Hillisang and allows Audrey to get some kills and we can have one of those nice Audrey games that he does have from time to time. But he has to do one of those three things efficiently enough for this team to win. Because if Diamond out-jungles him and and ganks more efficiently and gets more going for his team, I think Unicorns will love how this is back. I find it very hard to look at this Giants team and see where the comeback mechanic is going to come from. But Walter, where do you think the
1: line is for this game? So I'm going to say it's the same exact line that I predicted for Unicorns of Love last time just because I'm not quite certain where the, the casinos view them as. So I'm going Unicorns of Love minus 130, but it's going to be too low. It's gonna be, it is going to be too low.
0: Okay. I said minus 190. It is minus 185.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, a, I don't think that's an unreasonable line. I, I think that it, it's interesting to see where they rank Unicorns of Love compared to splice what that says is they think giants are a better team than splices
1: which i don't agree with i'm gonna make so much money on splice and g2 this year that's (laughs) all that's
0: telling me (laughs) that is literally all that's telling me well speaking of let's talk about splice they're playing elements in game two this week uh it is an interesting matchup i suppose again two unproven rosters at an lcs level at the very least what do you think is the difference maker here? If you had to point to one guy, who makes this game work?
1: Uh, it, it's going to be Senkux. It's going to be Senkux just devastating. Like, uh, I would try and get him on something that's semi-mobile so he can roam around with Trashy and <laughs> take advantage of, of weak laners and Steve and Mr. Raleigh's and get Kabe and Wonderware ahead. And at the end of the day, Senkux is a better player and they need to play around their, bet- you know, the matchup that's probably the most impactful on the map. And that's mm-hmm. Senkux versus Aika.
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't know what the meta is going to be. I haven't paid as much attention to scrims as some other people do, just because at the end of the day, scrims only take you so far. But I would love to see Senkux just play an assassin and say, Aika, I am going to kill you over and over and over again until someone on your team can stop me, because I don't think there's anyone on Elements that can stop him. I gen- Like, if you put him on a LeBlanc, I don't know how... Elements wins this game
1: because I don't. I don't
0: know anyone who could stop at Senkux on that kind of champion, given their relative skill levels right now. I mean, do you, do you, is is that the way you would go, or would you rather t- stick to something maybe with a little bit more roam, like a like an Ari or a Cassadin? Like, where do you where do you see them going on this pick?
1: So I would I would say probably like a LeBlanc or an Ari are, are going to be their best choices. Cassadin uh, would also be. A really good option for them. It, it sort of depends on the matchup that Ica picks. I mm-hmm. can see Ica trying to go for LeBlanc, uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think it necessarily matters what the matchup is. I think that he's just a better midlander than Ica, and he's going to be able to abuse the lane phase. Yeah. And then you need to transition it to roaming him around the map and with with Trashy and get making sure that Steve and Raleighs. Are punished for their weak laning phase because, in all honesty, Rawls and Steve are fairly good team fighters. Steve, in particular, had a, had quite a few plays where, like, yeah, he died a lot, but he was dying in team fights, positioning himself in ways to waste cooldowns <laughs> and allow the allow Nuke Duck and Rawls last year to get kills during team fights. So I kind of think that's you. You want to make sure you have enough of a lead going against them that in the team fighting phase, their positioning uh, really doesn't matter.
0: Right. I my one fear is that since they are on blue side for this game, they might pick something like like an Oriana, something that's just super safe. And I think that would be the wrong way to go. Uh, hopefully, Yamato Cannon has worked with these guys long enough to see that because Senkux can do some pretty incredible things if they just unleash him here. Walter, where do you
1: think the line is on this game? I have splice at minus 145.
0: Okay, you're going to get this one. Woo! I said splice minus 160. Elements minus 159. I'm making
1: money. <laughs> I'm making money. Elements is favored twice this week. That's I'm two games. <laughs> money. I'm making money.
0: Unicorn, we love you.
1: Money. We really do.
0: I I don't know what algorithm you used, but there's a bug in the code when elements is favored against two teams in the same week. I, there's just there's a zero percent chance they go two and zero this week. That is mark that down. I hold it against me if I'm wrong. No chance. It doesn't happen. I refuse to believe that Ika, Spraddle and Gilius are going to be the things that get this elements team to to two wins this week. I. I, I love it. I love I love seeing how this all goes down. Uh <laughs> Fanatic uh Vitality <laughs> versus
1: Fanatic, i should say. This is going to be a good one. I think this game might actually be the 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 best matchup of the of the week. And I know there's a couple of really good matchups. It's going to be really really fun.
0: And the question is, which of these two teams do you think comes together more quickly, right? Cuz you've got basically two sets of five guys that haven't really played with each other. You know, Hjorn and Kazing have spent time together. forbidden and Reckless have spent time together. But otherwise, it's a lot of new. So when you look at that, Walter, which team do you think is more likely to adjust quickly to these kinds of changes?
1: Fnatic. I think Fnatic just because they have the uh, better staff around them. I Granted, they lost Yarg and they lost uh, Oliver, who is their, their general manager, team manager, whatever. But they have Daylor. Uh, and I think Daylor just as a whole structures the team in a way that allows him to keep them on target and to make sure that they understand what their goal is and what each player is supposed to do within that system. And Sean's did okay with Gambit, but it felt like he lost the roster at some point during the split. Mm-hmm. Granted, the talent level definitely fell off, definitely some drop off in Edward and Diamond Prox and Betsy. I can't fault him for that, but it seems like he just di- wasn't very good on the on the macro like strategic sense, and wasn't really good at preventing his players from tilting, mm-hmm. which could be very important going against a Fnatic team that I think are going to be very uh, very regimented, very calm, very collected. The only player on Fnatic that I'm slightly worried about, maybe some tilt issues, is Gamsu because I know he had problems in Dignitas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but Having Daylor, having Fabiven and Reckless, who have been there for a while, as the, you know, the kind of in-game leaders, as they call them in Counter-Strike, I think is going to just give Fnatic an advantage that even if Vitality gets off to a stronger start, that Fnatic sits there, they know how to play the game, and they'll, they'll come out with a win.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm of that opinion as well. I think the Fnatic system has shown a lot, and it's an interesting point you make about Sean's, right? Because, you know, you look at Forgiven last split as, as the perfect example. Forgiven had 33 kills in the summer. Yeah. He checked out. Like, yep. Forgiven literally gets 33 kills in an LCS season in his sleep, and that's what happened. I, I you know, I, I think that, you know, you look at a lot of the pick and ban in the early part of the season. Like, certainly they had some other things to balance out, but if that's how they handled the early season last year, I don't know why it's going to be any different this year. Uh, so I definitely see where you're coming from on that. Where do you think the line is as a result?
1: Uh, I think the line is gonna be Fnatic minus 180. Okay, I get this one.
0: I, I, I was afraid you were gonna snipe me there. I said minus 200. It is minus 303! That's not fair at all. That is Vitality plus 220, Walter. That is, that is
1: actually a terrible line and it really, really underestimates Vitality, in my opinion. Like, yeah, severely. Because
0: Cabochard could just destroy Gamsu in lane. And, you know, Hjarnan and Kazing, I think, match up with Reckless and Noxiak pretty well. I, I, I mean, I, I think that Spirit and Forbidden are better, but it really depends on how they play around their compositions. I think, I mean, Fnatic should be favored, undoubtedly, but that is, that is a lot of Vig going you know, their way that's to Vitality.
1: Disrespect- yeah, that's extremely disrespectful to Vitality, in my opinion. Plus like, 220, ab- absurdly man. Absurdly disrespectful. We, we okay. get,
0: we're going to have to come back to that. Uh, you need to win the next two of these, by the way, if you're going to win the week. Or at least tie me on the tie week. Tie the I week, say. yeah. Uh, I don't
1: feel good about it, I'll tell you that much. Well,
0: you'd feel better if you saw my lines for the next couple of games.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, H2K versus Origin. I think uh, this game is going to be. I mean, first of all, what a rough week for Origin week one. Let's play Fnatic and H2K. That just oh, seems boo-hoo. mean.
1: Woohoo. Who cares? Just I'd rather get them out of the way early. I mean, that that, that... that means you have, like, a cakewalk schedule the next, like, four weeks. Right, that's but is that, that best for us,
0: like, as viewers? Like, I'd rather spread these games out. Because I, I can basically write in the next three weeks, Origin wins. Like, that's not as much fun. <laughs> eh,
1: whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's you that's, know... It's, look, that's it's,
0: it's it's the way the schedule worked out. So So, Walter, the question now is, does H2K have enough raw talent ready to go on day one to match what Origin
1: is capable of. So I don't think this match is close. I'm just not sure who wins it. Hmm. I I think this game is a a blowout for whoever wins it. I don't think this is going to be a very close back-and-forth game. I think this is literally going to be one team is either going to establish themselves in like the first 10 minutes, and it's either going to be H2K is just overwhelmingly more talented across the board, Mm-hmm. Or Orient can establish their system of play and and go that way. And when I say more talented, I think that Forgi- like I think raw talent-wise, Forgiven is much more talented than Zven. I think Odo is more consistent with his talent than Soaz. I think Yankos is more talented and ha- and has a funky kind of style that Amazing is going to have a hard time to predict. And I think Ryu and Power of Evil is sort of a wash. The same thing with Vander and Mithy, but I think the carry positions, which are, you're really relying on your AD carry, your jungle, and your top laner here, I think H2K has an advantage, but it could be easily negated just by Ori and game planning and, and just playing their strategy better. H2K definitely showed strategic problems at IEM Cologne, but talent-wise, they were, they were above and beyond any of the other five teams that were there.
0: Right, and, and those strategic problems came with a team that had only played together for two days. Like, probably's had some time to work with them now and come up with strategies, come up with things. And unlike Orihan, which has had to spread their time prepping between Fnatic and H2K, the first game of the week for H2K is Giants. They're going to have put everything into making a statement against Orihan. And you can tell me you don't already hear Quickshot saying, what a game, that is a statement game by whoever wins. Like oh, that absolutely. Was, that, that, is, that is the call almost verbatim after the end of this game. I am really looking forward to seeing who pulls it off. I think it's going to be, like I said, I, like you said, I think it could go with the way. Where do you think the gamblers think it's going to go? I have Orion minus 130. Ah, oh, you went too low. I get this one and I'll win <laughs> really? the week. I went minus 150. It is minus 179.
1: <sighs> I, this game should be a push to me. This game I, should be a push, in all honesty. I guess the, the thing is, you know, prove it, right?
0: Do um, you need to prove that H2K is going to be able to do it on an LCS scale? And I, guess I wasn't enough? Apparently not. Dude, they put Fnatic's line is closer. Orihan is minus 164 against Fnatic. It's minus 179 against H2K. They're saying that Fnatic is better than H2K in their minds right now.
1: I, okay, I strongly disagree with that, look, emphatically disagree with that, but and, okay.
0: And if you look at the, you know, the comments on our Slingshot article, there are a lot of people like, oh, you're, people are overvaluing Fnatic or undervaluing. There's, no one really knows where Fnatic's going to end up. I think the gamblers are trusting the Fnatic system, and honestly, it's a pretty safe bet. But I think the H2K system's pretty good, too. I think Prawley's a really good coach. I think Veteran is a very good analyst. I, I think that line is too high. Uh, but at the same time, I will take the win for Week 1. Uh, that's always a good start. Hopefully, I'll be the one changing your Twitter profile, because as much as I love Zorro Zero's eyes just glaring back at me every time I log into Twitter, it would be nice to turn that around. Uh, last game of the week, we'll go really quick here. Uh, G2 versus Rocket. Walter, what's the one thing you're really looking forward to seeing in this game?
1: I'm looking to see if Betsy can... Shock some people here. Mm-hmm. I, I truly think that Betsy's a good a good mid laner. Mm-hmm. I think he had some consistency problems on Gambit, and I think part of it has to do with the way the team played around him. Uh, his champion pool definitely needs to expand. He was a very good like re player. Uh, he's been a very good re player in his career, and like Oriana, but he hasn't shown a lot of for any other champions. Mm-hmm. So I really want to see his champion pool, the depth of his champion pool, expand. And I want to see teams try and play more around Betsy as opposed to playing around Cabochard and Forgiven basically all of last year with Gambit. Mm-hmm. So if he gets the resources that that I think he needs, and this is a really good test for him against Perks, who Perks is kind of in the same position Betsy was when he came into the scene of this young mid laner, that's sort of establishing himself. And if Betsy can't perform against a young challenger level mid laner that is now coming to the LCS, then there's no hope for him. And I think this is going to be a real statement game for him in particular. And sort of airwalks and Sapphire because if they can play very well against this, the center core of Emperor, Perks, and Trick, I think that's great. Because I think Kickus and Hybrid have a lot of the same questions Freddy and Edward do or, or yeah. have a lot of questions that match Edward and and, and Freddie. Not the exact same questions, but at the end of the day, this is really going to rely on those three kind of young young players or new additions to the team in the middle.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with what you said there. I will say I'm a little bit more interested in seeing how Saphir matches up with Emperor. Because Emperor is such an aggressive AD carry. He loves making plays. He loves picking on people. And Edward... At least last year was a very easy target to pick on. But you look at what Saphir might be able to do if Emperor goes a little bit too deep. If he tries to reach out and extend beyond his grasp, I think Saphir can have a breakout kind of game here. One of those games where he just gets a couple kills within the first 10 minutes and we're looking at, Wow, Saphir's like a whole item ahead. How did this happen? It just in the blink of an eye. Uh, I think that's in play. Uh, they're going to have to play to it. They're going to have to take advantage of those kinds of moments. But I think it's in play, and I'd love to see him step out in that kind of way as well. But, Walter, where do you think the line is on this game?
1: I have G2 minus 150. Okay, you get this one.
0: Whew. I said G2 minus 170. Rocket at minus
1: 135!
0: Oh, yeah! To
1: be fair, I feel like a lot of these games should have been pushes.
0: I, I mean, this is the problem of week one, right? Like, we're making fun of, of some of these lines right now. But in all reality, we could be the one with egg on our faces next week. Like, we could come back and say, oh, Unicorn was totally right about all of these. And but that
1: goes, that'll go against like, pretty much all predictions that anyone has made over the course of the year. Of
0: course, but this or, is the problem of best of ones, right? With best yeah. of ones, anything is possible in these situations. And it could come down to one guy winning one matchup hard enough that the rest of his team can't make up for it. True. And, you know, in those situations, it always leads me to be a little bit more cautious, especially in week one, you know, because because you have teams like Splice and G2. Can they handle the LCS lights? Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. I believe they will. A lot of people believe they will. But we won't know until after these bets already go through. I think, though, we've got three great options for smart money bets. Um. Can we take? Can we just write down, uh, like splice plus one hundred and twenty over elements? Is that is that fair?
1: Oh, splice <laughs> over elements, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely. Spl- we're making money on that bet. Mm-hmm. Um, two more we need to get. Uh, I don't know. Should we go for value, which would be like the vitality plus two hundred and twenty? Oh no no no! Splice over unicorns of love.
1: Okay, you want to go I, all I, in I, on splice? I, I double dip on splice this week. So
0: splice plus one hundred and sixty.
1: Or actually, actually? do you want to go all in on G2 or Splice? I would rather
0: go all in on Splice because the value is greater. Okay. But I would, I would like to take the G2 plus 110 over Elements.
1: Yes, I would agree Because with you. I
0: think Elements is going to be terrible. Yep, absolutely um, would agree with you. So those are our three smart money bets. Uh, bet against Elements and bet with Splice. Those are the pieces of advice we are giving to you today. Uh, I'm going to be keeping track this year of our Smart Bets of the Week so we can tell you week by week how our smartest bets are doing. So we are putting our reputation on the line for you guys. Uh, But we also, I think we should take some smart bets from some of the prop bets that are coming up because it is the beginning of the year. There are tons of bets we can look at. Uh, The one that I want to go into full detail with is the outright EU LCS winner. Walter, I'm going to read these off and you just stop me when you hear one that you think is particularly interesting or insane. Okay? Okay. We have Orihan plus 150. Fnatic plus 250. H2K plus 250. Vitality plus 600. Ooh. <laughs> it, right? That's, that's an Ooh. interesting one. Ooh. That's in play. Here's where it gets weird. Giants plus 2500. Giants, fifth best odds to win Europe. I I don't know if I agree with that.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. no, I I thought I thought you were just gonna keep reading. No, sorry. I was Giants the fifth best team in Europe. (laughs) Unicorns of love plus twenty eight
0: hundred. Rockat plus thirty three hundred. Splice plus thirty three hundred. Elements plus five thousand. Gamers two plus five thousand. You (laughs) know, if you put five bucks on Gamers two plus five thousand. That like gets you 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 know that might be worth it, right? Like is yeah, that is it, it that far fetched?
1: It could be. It could be. I, I think I think the H two K plus two fifty is probably the most intelligent one. Yes. H two K um, plus two fifty
0: is, is equally
1: uh but Vitality I I would wait I would wait to like week three on vitality. Yeah, but see, the odds aren't going to be this good on week three, Walter. I, I, know, I know, but I'd rather them go down a little. Like, I'm okay with them going down a little. That's fair. I'm, so- just, I'm just worried that, that the players aren't going to match. Me- like, I'm just really worried that, like, Shook and Duck aren't going to mesh together.
0: Okay, so do we take H2K for the value there? Because I think after week one, the value goes down.
1: Yeah, I'd say H two K is probably your your, your best okay. bet like right now.
0: So for value, we're not saying that it's how it's going to play out because I think we both we both picked Orihan to win
1: the split. Yeah, but
0: H two K plus two hundred and fifty is the best value you can grab now to make the finals.
1: But but I will say if you see that Orihan... like if Orihan starts this O two and you see the odds go like change on them and get better, I'd I'd try and snag Orihan. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to keep that prop bet up. They might only have this as a before week one bet. That, that, that is a possibility. But they didn't do that for Worlds. They had, it, they had the Worlds went up all the way up until the finals.
0: It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know how they're going to they're gonna handle it. But yeah. making the finals of the EU LCS, I'm not going to throw out all of them. Uh, Oregon obviously is favored, minus 167. Uh, Fnatic and H2K are even. Which I think is re- reasonable. Vitality plus two hundred.
1: Wait, even odds?
0: Yeah, one to one. Okay. Uh, Vitality plus two hundred. Here, here's where I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: Splice plus twelve hundred, Walter. That's interesting. Just to make the finals, they don't have to win. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think though. How would the they they would have to beat Orion in the playoffs if they were the fifth seed? If they're Okay, but let's say they let's say vitality doesn't come together
0: as quickly as we think. Let's say they get the well, I guess if they got the four seed, they're still four seed doesn't won. matter
1: four or five like they would have to be six seed. Okay, so let's say they're the six seed, they and then to, they play H two K. They'd have to go through. You have to go through prolly- H2K. Yeah, no, I don't. you right. uh, That's just it's that's so that that they have just an impossible. They would have an impossible task to get through the semi. Like, fine, you beat Fnatic or H2K, and, and, like, they would have to hope Vitality was third. Okay, what if... There's just too many variables there.
0: What if I told you that Gamers 2 was plus 2,500? Now are you intrigued?
1: No. No. I'm I'm really not intrigued outside the top four, just because to get to the finals is, like, a Herculean task for any of those teams. You have to get super super lucky and hope you go through either Fnatic or H2K. So like is, if you get two of if you get two of the top 3, you're screwed. You're not going to beat both of them back to back. So
0: is the Vitality plus 200 a good value bet then?
1: Do we feel good about that one? Vitality is probably the best the best value in all honesty.
0: And I don't think that's out of play. Like I could see Vitality making the finals if say a Fnatic uh or an H2K underperforms because they're you no, know, they're newer teams and they haven't put it together. I, I, I don't think they will, but I think it's a good flyer to take. Um, regular season EU LCS winner. So this is just winning the most games in the regular season. Okay. Uh, Orihan is even. Even okay. odds for that. Fnatic and H2K are plus one seventy five. Okay. Vitality is plus five fifty. Uh, Unicorns of Love plus three thousand. Okay. Splice plus four thousand. G2 plus 8,000. I would put a dollar on G2. I, mean, <laughs> I would put yeah, a whole I'd, dollar I'd on a, G2. I'd
1: put a dollar on some of these crazy high ones, but you're, we're talking best bet, like best bet for value. I think it's H2K. Yeah, I think H2K I plus think H2K is the best the They best.
0: could win a ton of games. And the thing you have to remember is Orihan knows that it's not about being the number one seed in the regular season. It's about being the number one seed in the playoffs. So yeah. not, and you never know. Like they might put in XPK for a few games, just to give XPK a few games on his way out. Mm-hmm. There's they might not be trying for the regular season title because they'll be yeah. focused on the postseason title. Now to make the top six, Walter. Here's where I can get you. This is you just have to be a top six team at the end of the day. You have to go okay. to the playoffs. Okay. Obviously, Orihan, Fnatic, H2K, Vitality. Those are, are those are way too high. Uh, Giants is minus one hundred sixty seven, which I think neither of us want to take. No. Unicorns of Love is minus one fifty four. Not a lot of value there either. No. Splice plus one twenty five. Okay. Rocket plus one twenty five.
1: Okay. Elements plus one fifty. Oh god, what's the Unicorns of Love one? Uh Unicorns of Love is minus one fifty four. Oh wait, Unicorns of Love is minus one fifty four? Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. They're favored to get in. So, right. according to these odds, the six playoff teams will be Orihan, Fnatic, H2K, Vitality, Giants, and Unicorns of Love.
1: What's uh, what are uh, Gamers Two odds? Plus one seventy-five. Yeah, Gamers Two.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to. That's the best value there. That's, I think they're that's a playoff team. That's absolutely
1: best value there. I
0: think Splice gets there as well. But if you're gonna risk one, pick the one that's gonna get you better odds. Yeah. Because all things you know, all things considered, I I think. You know, Perks is great. I think Kickus is great. Now, here's the fun. Here's where it gets really fun. Most regular season losses. So, what teams? Lo- what team's going to lose the most games? I love gambling on this because you get to root <laughs> for someone to lose every week.
1: Uh, which I should
0: mention this as, as part of Imperial Esports. I can't actually gamble on any of these, but I can. I can gamble vicariously through you guys if you send me your gambling <laughs> slips on Twitter. Um, so, G two plus 125 elements plus 125 for most okay. losses rock at plus 200 unicorns of love plus 800 giants plus 1200 that that one i think giants are the second worst team in this league yeah i can't believe it's plus 1200
1: they're really they're really rating them high they like just because of last year
0: i guess they, they saw that they made the playoffs last year they keep overperforming based on what people are expecting them to do. And they signed Koo, who I
1: think I people to, like. I need to go back and look at what the odds were for like Copenhagen Wolves last year. Yeah, I, I don't
0: know if I kept track of this. We're going to have to try. But uh, And then bottom three. So basically, are you facing a relegation match? Yeah. So G2 minus 200. Elements minus 167. Rockat minus 133. Okay. Splice minus 133. Unicorns of Love, plus 125. Giants. My Giants. Giants, plus 145.
1: Yeah, Giants.
0: Yeah. Then there's Vitality, at plus 500. Everything else, obviously, is is crazy Mm -hmm. talk. So those are our... So just to run through our prop bets again, and like we said, these are not necessarily our predictions. These are what we like, especially given the value of -hmm. these picks. It is H2K plus 250 to win the LCS. It is Vitality plus 200 to make the finals. It is H2K plus 175 to win the regular season. It is G2 at plus 175 to make the playoffs. It is Giants plus 1200 to have the most regular season losses. And it's Giants plus 145 to end up playing in a relegation match. Walter, that is a podcast. We have done it. That is a podcast. We have bestowed so much wisdom onto the people that they will either love or hate us for next week, depending on the state of their bank accounts. <laughs> but, uh, that's it for us. You can find us on soundcloud.com slash esports gambling hour, or you can search on iTunes for esports gambling hour. The name might be changing very soon, but it hasn't happened yet. So go subscribe now. And when the name changes, you'll be just fine. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at redshirtking. I would love to see your betting slips because I would love to gamble vicariously through you now that I am no longer capable of doing so. Walter, where can they find you? You guys can
1: find me at CADs underscore LOL, and I think there might be a team, it's probably in North America, that I'm going to issue some sort of challenge on. So we'll see. Oh man, the challenges are coming. Well, you should definitely come back
0: on Friday then for what is going to be our, LC, our North American version of this podcast. So if you enjoyed this and you like North America, come back for that. And until then, goodbye, Internet.